Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio. Section 4, Chapter 42. Constanzo Tassone, a gentleman entangled in worldly pleasures, accepted the instructions of our Holy Father to the astonishment of the entire city, and under Philip's direction achieved such progress in virtue that he frequently received the sacraments during the week. He gladly accepted the practice of mortification and began to visit the hospitals. Then, at Philip's advice, he was ordained priest and celebrated Mass every day. He kept up that fashion of life until his death, unchanged and inviolate, and died a holy and edifying death, which was in accordance with his life. Apart from these, there were many others of the highest nobility who followed Philip. But I purposely pass over their names, lest this passage be too long extended. It was Philip's custom on weekdays to divide his children in Christ into three or four groups and send them to the city hospitals. To begin with, he would himself go after dinner to visit the sick in hospital, to enkindle by his example in his followers a greater desire to do this work. He would speak to the patients, tend them, and do all sorts of things for them, which encouraged in his disciples an ardent desire to do the same. One example will serve to show you how devoted they were to the sick. Giovanni Battista Salviati, being very dedicated, was in the hospital called the Consolazione and headed straight for a patient intending to make his bed asking him politely to get up so he could do so. The patient thought he was being mocked. No, my lord, he said, don't make fun of me. I'm a poor man. He knew all about Giovanni Baptista's licentious way of life, but was unaware of his marvelous change of character by which he had wholeheartedly turned away from material concerns to the love of heaven. But what next? Giovann Battista urged him most earnestly, and the sick man was struck not only by his air of authority, but even more so by his humility, and got out of bed lost in admiration. Giovanni Battista retained that style of life with an unwavering intent until the day of his death, and having once put his hand to the plow, he never looked behind him. While on this topic, something I must not pass over in silence is that Philip governed those who put themselves under him with such prudence and skill that they were overjoyed to perform what he told them to do, however tedious or difficult. No one ever went to him in search of spiritual advice without coming away happy. Those of his sons who were cold in the love of God, he warmed by his prayers and those who were unsure, he confirmed in their faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 
Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, choices of priests, vessel of the Holy Ghost, child of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice how last night Father Galonio focused on St. Philip's zeal to bring people to the frequentation of the sacraments, to bring them to the frequentation of prayer, and to bring them to other works of devotion. St. Philip was trying to get people to hear the word of God, to listen to preaching, to have the word of God explained to them so their hearts could be enkindled with devotion. But part of St. Philip's program was to combine an increase in acts of devotion, an increase in the practice of the sacraments, an increase in life of prayer with the corporal works of mercy. Philip was not just getting them to pray. He wasn't just getting them to spend more time reading the scriptures and listening to sermons. He wanted them to go find Christ in the poor. And at St. Philip's time, as we saw a little bit early in this book, the hospitals were not government funded. They were run by people who did this out of charity. And it used to be that the wealthy and other people used to spend a lot of time volunteering in these hospitals. But by the time St. Philip arrived, that had all dropped out and the hospitals were in terrible situations. And the hygiene and people's beds and the toilet situation and the food and then the care of people after they got better, it was all in a very poor shape. And St. Philip helped to revive the practice of lay people visiting hospitals and doing work. Now in modern times, especially now with restrictions of COVID and things, but also with the sort of professionalization of the hospitals, with the government running of hospitals, with insurance companies, with bureaucratic red tape. On the one hand, hospitals are in much better shape than they were then and the care is better. But on the other hand, it's not possible for most people just to go in and volunteer in a hospital. It's not very easy. But what St. Philip wants us to do is to find something we can do for other people. Some kind of taking care of the sick, some kind of caring for shut-ins. What you do to the least of my brethren, our Lord said, you do to me. I was sick and you visited me. In other words, let us ask St. Philip to pray for us to show us what he wants us to do. The love of God is diffusive. The love of God gives itself out. We're not just to have affective love. We're not just supposed to be receiving the feeling of love, knowing we're loved by God. He wants us to be effective in our love. He wants our love to lead to action, to the service of God, and to serve those that God has created 
in his image and redeemed by his son's blood and filled with his Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.